1: Welcome back to the Love of the Star podcast. I am Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, your radio flagship home for the Cowboys, joined as always by Super Bowl-winning NFL scout Brian Broadus. He is now uh, co-host of the G-Bag Nation, 2 to 7 p.m. on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, Monday through Friday. And with the Bengals coming to town this week, Brian, we, uh, we of course, we like to check in with our friends who cover the teams in other cities. And today I'm glad we can talk to Mo Egger, who hosts on AM 1530 ESPN in Cincinnati uh, and is also the host of the Mo Egger podcast. And there's nobody better to talk Bengals about uh, with than Mo. So Mo, glad to have you here. Uh, people can follow you on Twitter at Mo Egger. Uh, how, how you feeling about your Bengals after one week?
2: Uh, well, you know, it was sobering. I mean, we I think everybody still believes this team's ceiling is is pretty high, but I think the fear coming into week one was that the preparation wasn't going to be there because this team basically took the offseason off. Season off. <laughs> you know, they, they went through the longest season in the history of the league, making it to the Super Bowl. Uh, they went right to work on that offensive line, the front office, and then, you know, when we got around to OTAs and minicamps and stuff like that, they didn't have a minicamp. Uh, they started OTAs later than everybody else. They didn't start until May. Uh, Those sessions were uh, lighter than your typical OTA session, and you know, when when training camp started, there were a lot of people who were there every single day asking around, going, you know what? Does this feel a little bit too casual? They got to the preseason. Joe Burrow didn't play in any preseason games. Um, He had an appendectomy, which uh, may have influenced their decision-making. They didn't play any of their starters. They had an injury to Lyle Collins on the offensive line, and so you know, the, the story of the offseason was four new starters on the O-line. Those guys never played together in a game. And it showed on Sunday against the Pittsburgh Steelers. They were not uh, physically able to match up with what Pittsburgh brought, specifically on the offensive line. And Joe Burrow played, I think, the worst game of his pro career. And let's be honest, uh, there's not a very long list of bad games he's played as a pro. So it was sort of a, uh, a worst-case scenario for the Bengals. And more than anything, I think everybody's fears realized that the the lack of physicality during camp and not playing their starters during the preseason and the overall casual nature of how they prepared for the season was going to add up to a team that didn't look prepared week one. And I don't think that was a team that looked prepared week one.
3: Yeah, Mo, but it seemed like to me watching the the, the Pittsburgh game for all the bad things that happened in that game, they still were an extra point away from winning that game. <laughs> and, and, yeah. that's, and that's what's amazing. And then You know, I I remember because at the when it went to overtime, we were already into our our pregame show with the Cowboys. And I was trying to listen to it and kind of watch it. But it just seemed like everything that could have gone wrong for Cincinnati in that game went wrong. Uh, Is it is it something that it's well, hey, this is the Bengals or is this something that, uh, you know, that uh, you're, you're kind of thinking, well, maybe this might not be their year. I know it's only week one
2: yeah i I think if you're glass half full you go well god you know what they they lost the turnover battle five zip joe burrow could not have played more poorly the the line couldn't protect him in the first half they suffered an injury concussion protocol for t higgins they lost their long snapper and basically if they convert the pat with two seconds to go they would have won the game um In large part because the defense played fine, um, they weren't on the field that much, and they didn't, you know, didn't create any turnovers. But the defense against what is not a, a great Pittsburgh offense was fine. Um, and and Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase can make magic together. I mean, J- Jamar Chase. I think what was interesting about the game on Sunday is, if in his rookie season, you you got to know him through. Well, he's this, you know, throw it downfield and go get it threat with what you saw on Sunday. And you saw a guy who ran every route in the tree. That was really encouraging. And, you know, when push came to shove, they're down six points, buck 27 to go, one time out in their back pocket. That's when a quarterback has to deliver. Joe Burrow delivered. It's not his fault that they botched the PAT because they had a backup long snapper. And then, you know, some of the things they went through in overtime, I, I it was just a, a weird extra period. So on one hand, you could say, man, as bad as they were, they came this close to winning. On the other hand, the expectations for this team, and, you know, understand, you guys know, around here, we're not used to going into a season talking about the Bengals and their championship bona fides, right? <laughs> it's always, well, can they finally win a playoff game, which is a, you know, byproduct of before last year, having not won one since 1990. And so we usually spend a lot of time here talking about, well, how can they make the postseason? How can they get in? And if they do, can they win one playoff game? Now the conversation is different. It's can they win the Super Bowl? And so there's a greater premium, I think, on every single game, because the idea is the clearest path to the Super Bowl is win your division, have the best record in the AFC. And the way you do that is win all your home games, especially against the teams you're favored to beat. And Come out of the gates. And, you know, we'll we'll see what happens with the the Chargers and Chiefs who are playing as we do this. But if you look at the other AFC Super Bowl contenders, boy, the Buffalo Bills came charging out of the gate. Kansas City Chiefs came charging out of the gate. The Baltimore Ravens came charging out of the gate. The LA Chargers, maybe to a lesser degree, but they certainly they won their game week one. So we put the Bengals with all those, you know, quote unquote elite teams in the AFC. They're the only one that didn't look the part. I think that's troubling. And you can tell me, look. Uh, the offensive line is going to be better, and I believe they will. I think they'll get to a point where they're okay. But um, are they going to be okay on Sunday? Because if the answer is no, a team that you're supposed to beat because of uh, Dallas' offensive issues could beat you on their home field because you can't block. And so I'm interested in seeing how that plays out on Sunday.
1: That issue about you know having trouble blocking, uh, You know, just going back and watching the game, it, it looked like it was – especially issues on that left side of the line volson and jonah williams look like they had trouble i know lyle collins had his issues with tj watt of course uh before he came out there uh but is that where the concern lies right now for for a lot of people in cincinnati is man how how are they gonna block with that left side jonah williams i know former top 10 pick but more specifically i guess what they got going on with volson inside
2: yeah Cordell Volson for those who don't know uh, won the the starting left guard gig in training camp. he was not the odds on favorite. Um, they had Jackson Carmen who they drafted last year in the second round out of Clemson local kid from the Cincinnati area. he has been uh, an unmitigated disaster quite frankly showed up last year not in shape there's maturity issues and you know he had the chance to run with the ones at the outset of training camp the first preseason game he was awful and opened the door for Cordell Volson. Cordell Volson's a player they drafted in the fourth round from North Dakota State on an uber-successful college football program. He, he was part of four FCS national championship teams and looked the part during training camp and in the preseason. But, boy, there's a significant difference between playing college football and NFL football. There's a, a big difference between playing college football and starting week one in the NFL – there's a difference between starting week one in the NFL after making the jump to college football and you've got to block Cam Hayward. And then there's coming from the FCS level and starting <laughs> week one in the NFL and you have to block Cam Hayward. And he struggled. I, I think, as a general rule, by the time we get to the end of the season, we're going to go, you know what? Cordell Volson was okay. But, you know, let's see. Since he was named starting left guard, he's had to block Aaron Donald in joint practices and cam hayward not an easy proposition i think the troubling part of that is you mentioned the name jonah williams jonah is the only returning starter from this team and you know last year was his first full season because year one didn't play a snap because of injuries year two limited to 10 games so the good news was last year he got through the season and he played okay uh, he has yet to play to the level of 11th overall pick. And so the question this year for me is, is that going to happen? And if it does, boy, there's a cornerstone moving forward. Unfortunately, your your one remaining offensive lineman from last year, um, Cordell Volson aside, might have been your worst performing guy. That was, I think, pretty troubling. Now, again, I think if you look at the individual players they have on the offensive line, there's a, a, enough of a track record to suggest that these guys... Individually and eventually, collectively, are going to be okay. But again, uh, they didn't play together during the preseason. They didn't practice together much during the preseason, and um, that certainly showed uh, against the Pittsburgh Steelers.
3: Mo and again, if we could flip it over on the defensive side of the of the ledger there for the the Bengals, you know, it appeared to me in watching them play, you know, Hendrickson, you have to worry about as a pass rusher. The linebacker core to me looks you know, looks good. I mean, the, you know, the physicality which they play in. is the strength though, what you have though in the secondary with the Bengals is, is that, am I reading that wrong with, you know, with Eli Apple and stuff and Awoosier, I, I love your safeties though. I mean, I love the yeah. Bengals safeties there. So where would you think that the Cowboys, the biggest issues that the Bengals could give the Cowboys on offense?
2: This secondary has been pretty good, and you know they they took a different approach going into last season because you know they had drafted William Jackson III in 2016, and year one he didn't play because of an injury, kind of a recurring theme. Year two uh, he finally got on the field and he was awesome, and then uh, years two and or years three and four, uh, okay, uh, but it was still interesting to me that they let him go. And let him walk in free agency. And instead, and you know, the the verbiage we used here was they're they're replacing uh, quality with quantity. And so they they brought in um, you know some players who didn't necessarily work out, like Mackenzie Alexander and Trey Waynes. But they brought in Shadobi Awuzie, who played really well last year. Even Eli Apple, as much as people love to sort of beat him up, if he's your third or fourth corner. That's not bad. They brought in Mike Hilton from the Pittsburgh Steelers slot corner has done a, a really good job and their safeties. You talked about them. Uh, Jesse Bates is, is among the, the better safeties in the league. Von Bell has been a very good pickup. And then, you know, what do they do in the draft They they drafted aside from Cordell Volson, nothing but defensive players and went heavy in the, the secondary with Dax Hill and Tyson Anderson and Cam Taylor Britt, who's not going to play on Sunday because he's dealing with an, a, a core injury. So, I, I think if you look at a lot of those individual players, you go, okay. I mean, you guys had Chidobi be great player. No good player. Sure. But collectively, that's a pretty good secondary, the way they've played with each other. Uh, Pittsburgh it really doesn't have the offense to test those guys. And so I would say if you watch week one, that secondary was okay, but I do think that's the strength of this defense. And I think a really interesting thing to follow over the course of the season, as I mentioned, they drafted Dax Hill Dax is going to replace Jesse Bates, who they didn't sign long-term in 2023, but in the short term, in the preseason, they used him all over the place, and he was pretty effective. Uh, In the opener, he only played six snaps. I think it's going to be interesting to see how his role evolves over the course of the season. But yeah, I I think that secondary uh, has a chance to be really good. Their defense, you know, they brought back of the 15 players who played the most snaps last season, 14 are back. They have the same defensive coordinator, um, are they an elite defense in this league? No. But if the offense is as good as we think it can be, it's not like they're going to have to win games 41-38. This defense carried this team in the postseason last year, and I think they're capable of a similar type of run.
1: If the Cowboys are looking to get the passing game going, it's going to be hard, obviously, with Cooper Rush here. Um, where would you see them having more success targeting guys? I mean, we know Eli Apple, they're they're not necessarily – world beaters there but where would you see they'd have more success if they were looking to target apple or, or woozy
2: well i think if eli apples in the game uh and, and and again i think eli gets kind of a bad rap he he invites some of it himself but you know they, <laughs> so does and a- a- yeah, invites eli it too. <laughs> made some plays for the Bengals last year um he didn't have a good super bowl but i mean he he was a reason why they they got there but you know let's be honest if if you're First of all, if if Cam Taylor-Britt, who they drafted in the second round from Nebraska, had gotten through training camp healthy, I think it's it's a pretty decent bet that he would have supplanted Eli as the third corner. And, you know, if Eli Apples are fourth corner, that's pretty good. So, all right, you don't have him. He's kind of the weak link. Um, and weak link doesn't mean bad player, but he's kind of the weak link. So he, to me, would be the guy that, that you would look at. I still think it's, it's going to be interesting to see how the, the Bengals uh, use their linebackers in coverage because there's a lot to like about Logan Wilson. Some of those other guys they have there, uh, I, I think, can at times leave a little bit to be desired. But if, if you're targeting somebody in the secondary, I, I think it kind of goes without saying that Eli Apple would be
3: the guy. Well, when, when you look at real quick at the because when you think of Cooper Rush, maybe he's going to use Dalton Schultz to tie it in in this game. Mm-hmm. Is there one safety that would take him in this game and the other would play more as a free or, or how do they how would they how would they handle a, a tight end that could have production? I think what would be interesting
2: about the answer to that question would be if they put Dax Hill on the field. Uh, because I, I still feel like there's there's looks they can show with his versatility. You know, at Michigan, uh, he played center field. He played in the slot. Occasionally, he lined up out wide. And in the preseason, you saw all that, and they walked him up to the box too. Now, if we go by the way they used him on Sunday, which is he played he played a grand total of six defensive snaps, I think ideally they'd have Jesse Bates kind of play center field and let Von Bell take, uh, take the tight end. And, and if you ask any Bengals fan, you know, I'm, I'm in my mid-40s. Uh, I think since I was in diapers, the, the Bengals have had a hard time covering tight ends. So, uh, you know, this, this to me, if you look at the matchup and you go, okay, if Cooper Rush is going to have success, it's to Dalton Schultz. Well, every Bengals fan nods along and goes, yeah, it's the typical Bengals game where the opposing tight end has like 13 catches for like a buck 42 and a couple of touchdowns. I think it's going to be interesting to see how they use the personnel in the secondary over the course of the season because of Dax Hill. But if it's just Von Bell, Jesse Bates, I think the guy that you would see most likely to be used in coverage on a tight end would be Von Bell.
1: Mo Egger from ESPN 1530 in Cincinnati. We appreciate you very much. You guys can follow him on Twitter at MoEger and, and while we like to fight here in Texas about does, you know, Bean, do beans go in chili? You can go argue with Mo about does spaghetti go with chili. My dad, of course, growing up in Hamilton, Ohio, believes it belongs. So you know.
2: Mm. Well, you know, we each have our own local cuisine. Uh, I, I I spent a lot of time in Dallas because I was there for the Cotton Bowl last year, so I had every good barbecue place that I could get my uh, my 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 mouth into. But yeah, I I'm I'm free for any and all chili debates.
1: <laughs> Mo, we appreciate you, man.
2: All right, see you guys. Thank you.